Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm Will Coleman, founder and CEO of Alto, and I built Alto to put an end to rideshare horror stories. You're used to the total lack of consistency in rideshare. Maybe it's a smelly car or a driver that asks just one too many personal questions. Not anymore. With Alto, you know exactly what to expect every ride. Every Alto driver is a trained Alto employee, and every Alto vehicle is part of our private fleet of luxury SUVs. Say goodbye to rideshare horror stories. Download the Alto app today and use code FOUNDER for $10 off your first ride. Good morning and welcome to another edition of the Arsenal Opinion Podcast. I am here with Matt. Hi, Pete. And we're here with somebody new today. Welcome, Ash. Hello. Uh, Ash has a background at BBC Radio 5. He's here to professionalise this shit tip of a podcast. Um, We're very excited to have you on. 16 years after I made my debut on radio and 15 years after I left it, yeah. Matt made his debut actually on the FA Cup with Ian Wright. I did. I loved it. You had a bit of a love in with Ian Wright. I loved him. I don't know if he loved me. I actually did used to read the sports news on the Wright and Bright show on Radio 5 Live. Those are good times. Great fact. He's a he's a he's a good guy. We we did a bit of a defence of him um, after that horrible piece of Stan Collymore aggression in the oh, Guardian. I know. I, uh, I I listened into that fervently, and I think you were absolutely on the right side of that argument. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. So there's lots of stuff to talk about. Uh, we've got uh, Unai Emery's first training session. Uh, we've got Socrates. We've got some new contracts that have been signed. But before we get into anything, it's coming home. It is. It's coming home. Yep, definitely coming home. It's definitely coming home. Uh, Where's home again? I, well, it's home. Home for us is is New York. But like, would you would you fly back? Somebody offers you a ticket? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> I've already turned one down. Not for any prospective. Too many Spurs players, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, no one wants to read that newspaper headline: Spurs win the World Cup, do they? No. Do you like the Spurs? You like the Spurs uh, headline today, didn't you? What was this? Oh, well, I was the Go Canes uh, headline. <laughs> yeah, that I was actually, I actually showed it to uh, a work colleague who's from New Zealand, and he didn't understand it. And uh, it just shows because I think it's like a, a British humour to just make a. Do you think that that was intentional? What do you mean, Go Kane? Of course, it's intentional. You read yeah, the full page. Yes, it was. Yeah, it was just, that, that was intentional. Yes. yes. No. Have you not read the rest of the? Oh shit! Oh really? That's a that's a that's a ballsy headline, isn't it? It's a bit gross. I think it's just tapping into the English mentality and judging from the pictures we saw in Liverpool Street straight yes. after the game. Uh, People it took was, it to heart. It was bang on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was. Uh, yeah. It's Friday night. <laughs> it's hot in London. <laughs> People have been in the pub since lunchtime. 
And then it's we... not Friday night. No, it's not oh, Friday night. God. Feels like Friday. So then, Wednesday uh, is the new Friday. In that's London. it. Yeah, there we are. Semi-final versus... Uh, what? I'm talking about semi-finals far too early. <laughs> Freudian slip. Uh, quarterfinals against Sweden on a Saturday. That's going to be messy in London. That is going to be a really messy day. That is going to be an absolute tear-up, right? It is. Like you can see this whole thing heading in one direction. It's just got Spurs written all over it. It's like the year ends in one. And all, I mean, it's just, you know, it's our time. It's going to happen. It's just not going to happen. It's not. It's we should not, be. We should it's be. Not. We should I mean, be. I'm happy. But we should beat Sweden, shouldn't we? They're not very good. They're, they're, they're a championship side. We have a. We have a. Uh, know, we played like a championship side. We have, a, have, a, have a, a good Swedish friend who's been telling me about the tactical discipline. The uh, the relationships in the team, boy, a load of bollocks. They're just a bit shit, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. I mean, can you see any of the either of those two sides, right, England or Sweden, putting up any kind of fight against France, for example? No, no, <laughs> ab- ab- absolutely not. Or even someone who's gone out like the likes yeah. of Argentina. I mean, not, this, not that we can say Argentina. I, I, it I feels like there's the, been a lot of a lot of shit at this tournament, though. Right, a lot of great teams performing badly. Um, well, there, of... there's like a tipping point, isn't there? Because everyone's been saying, "Oh, it's one of the, it's a great World Cup." But there comes a point where, in the great World Cups, you want the final four to be, you know, Brazil, Argentina, France, Germany. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely. You want the best teams playing the best football in the best competition in the world. Unlike us, you know, three seasons ago when Leicester City won the Premier League. It's pretty much the same idea, though, isn't it? But uh, I saw this argument uh, online the other day that, you know, the the side of the group that we're in is going to lead to, like, a a poverty team in the final. But England, Croatia, um, what's it? It could be Brazil... Not from our side. From uh, our side, is like, England... It's 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 Croatia versus... We would... If you assume Croatia win their quarter, which it looks like they should against um, whoever. Russia, uh, Russia. Russia. Croatia, Russia, Sweden, England. I kind of think Croatia will beat Russia. Yeah. Croatia are actually quite good to watch as well. Yeah. But, like Croatia, Croatia should be one of the best yeah. teams in the world yeah, on I paper, so. right? Oh, well, you look at the players um, they've got. I know. Uh, who's, uh, is, is it not Belgium? Belgium on the other side of the draw now. Belgium on the other side of the draw. So it can be Belgium... France, France, Brazil. France, Belgium could be quite a fruity game, actually. Yeah. yeah. So if you had, uh, like, I, I don't know, once it gets to the semi-finals, it feels like the the worst team is definitely going to be England. But you still wouldn't be out of place. We're being you've a got bit quite presumptuous, though, aren't we? We are being presumptuous. We are being presumptuous. What did we think of? Um, what did we think of the performance today? I thought it was a pretty average game of football. Actually, I thought Colombia without Rodriguez. Didn't really have much creativity in the first half, which flattered England a little bit. But a lot of that football was sort of not even top half of the Premier League football when you look at that game. It was um, it, it was a bit of an average game, wasn't it? I thought we were. I thought we were not too bad. I thought uh, we were saying Harry Maguire and John Stones at the back. But when you talk about two defenders like that, well, I'm just so unused to an England defender being able to pass the ball to a midfielder. Uh, it's normally like the long hoof. So I thought they looked good. Um, We're a bit clunky. In the the, the, the centre mid looks weak to me. Because, I mean, uh, without being biased, I mean, I do think Deli is an absolute cunt. But uh, he, he's not 
playing very well at the moment. Him and Sterling, I think you've got to start questioning their, their roles in this. I know there's a lot said about Sterling tracking back and doing a lot of hard work, which is fair enough. But Sterling, who, you know, it's, you look at Sterling, who's just had the si- season he's just had for Man City, who are unstoppable with Pep in his ear. Versus Sterling in this World Cup, the two are yeah. nowhere on the same field. Yeah. He hasn't he hasn't been as good for sure, but I still thought he showed some nice touches. But uh, Loftus Cheap has surprised me. Over no, the... you said that last week. I, I, I tend to agree with you. And, and and on performance, I think he should probably be in the team ahead of Deli Ali. Yeah, I don't know what's happened to Deli Ali. I think um, the captain, but but Captain Kane isn't going to let his mate get dropped. I don't think. No, no, I don't think so. What did um, what did you think when uh, when that goal went in late on? It was quite. I, don't, I felt it was just going to happen. I don't know what it was, and you've got to ask what the hell was going on in the post. Yeah, well, it was a hard one, wasn't it? Who was, was that? that someone that? commented that. Some, I, I think it's my brother. It was like, why would you put the shortest man on the post? It's like, that, well, the, that was my immediate reaction. Was why we got a five foot midget on the post? Don't we? You, don't you usually put usually a short man? Back, yeah, yeah. It's usually it was uh, yeah, Ashley Cole used, back in the day. Yeah, yeah, Ashley Cole used to like being on the post. But the thing is, Trippier wasn't on the line. He took a step forward, clearly got in front of the keeper who was diving across. So there's a lot more to it than I think than. Yeri Mina is quite the player way, as well, isn't yeah. he? And he scored in the last minute before from a header. Ospina in, was up for it. I mean, uh, I thought... Ospina was up for something, I think. <laughs> yeah, what, what did we, um, and again, I, do, I don't understand how the, you've got a keeper that bad and we tested him twice in the whole game. Just hit, just hit long, hit a load of crosses at him. He's not bad. He's oh, not I a bad he's, goalkeeper. He's such a bad goalkeeper. As long as he drives his price up on his way out the door. So is he, so, but he's still, he's still an Arsenal player, isn't he? He is, yeah. yeah. Fenerbahce threatening. There was a, there was <laughs> a double a, swoop for Jack Wilshere and Ospina. Well, they were linked to Danny Welbeck as well. Oh, that would be amazing, wouldn't it? I think Meza Ozil is acting as a double agent. Did you read that uh, he's been selling the Istanbul nightlife to Jack Wilshere and telling him <laughs> how passionate the fans are? Like, take take a spina, take Welbeck, take, take Jack. Hacker. Yeah, let's move them all out. Let's move them all out. Uh, so, as as the uh, extra time moved on. It was it was always going to be penalties, wasn't it? It was. Everyone looked knackered, to be fair, on that field. I mean, both sides did. They looked um, really, really, really sluggish in extra time. Yeah. Um, Which kind of be- begs the question, you're playing once a week in this tournament, pretty much, until you get to kind of this stage now when you're playing every five days. Your job is a professional footballer. You should be able to play 120 minutes. And by the way, four subs by the time you get to extra time. So a third of the team's got fresh legs. Oh, you've got, is it four subs? Yeah, you can bring a fourth sub on in extra time. I didn't know that. That's yeah. good. Uh... That's how Dyer got on the pitch. How Dyer was, <laughs> that was awful, wasn't that, it? That was when you wish it was still only three subs. Dyer. Although he did, uh, he did score the winning pen. I, I do think some of uh, some, like the, this tournament shows how certain managers are ec- excellent at bringing out the best in kind of average players. And um, Eric Dyer is certainly one that when, when you see him for Spurs... He looks, he looks a bit of a powerhouse, and then he comes on for England. I've never really you know, liked him. Comes on for England, looks like Danny. Yeah, yeah, absolutely awful. De- Deli Ali like stro- has been struggling. Sterling's look really lost. Sterling looks like he's trying to have a Neymar like tournament, but it's just not coming off at all. Um, Is I don't Sterling know. ever going to be anywhere near Neymar's quality? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. He, he certainly, he certainly doesn't look like he was. Uh, didn't look like he was but enjoying himself out there. Yeah, we did it. We did it. Uh, ha- I, I, when Aspina made that fantastic save, 
It was a good save, wasn't it? Was it? An, it was a brilliant, brilliant save. I just, I almost had that feeling in the penalty shootout as well, that he's like, he's never had that kind of game for us. He's bound to have it against England. Are you um, one of those people, though, who every time anyone steps up, you're like, they're going to miss? Because as soon as everyone steps I'm like, Rashford, he's going to miss. Henderson, I had my miss. doubts about Rashford, but I actually, I had a bit more confidence in him. The one I actually thought genuinely was going to miss and then did was Henderson. I don't know why. No real reason behind that. I was shocked when Dyer stepped up for the fifth. I mean, for the fifth one as well. Yeah. Well, that was a. Is he a good penalty taker? I mean, where well, I mean, he did pretty. I he don't know. With, he I, dealt I, with the pressure, uh, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He did deal with the pressure. I wonder what the selection process for um, penalty shootouts is. They said the, on the, the commentary, England have been practicing since March. Well, if you're Gareth Southgate, the manager, you probably have been. <laughs> Probably doesn't want he anyone did, to he go didn't that. look he didn't look comfortable did he he didn't look comfortable <laughs> sitting there I was I had a, a, a few uh, American friends sending me texts about Gareth Southgate that he looked like a banker and then I was sending that Pizza Hut advert reminding <laughs> them of what I remember that Pizza that was a great bit of advertising back in the day but they said that, that was the only other person I know that's done an equally good Pizza Hut advert is Donald Trump so there you go I haven't seen the Donald Trump Pizza Hut advert but that uh, is one it, I'm going to have to shocking it's with him and Iv- Ivanka. Oh dear, no, Ivana, the wife, not the daughter. Oh my, yeah. So, I had reservations about Gareth Southgate as a manager. Um, I thought he was a bit of a wet fish when he was a Middlesbrough, and um, uh, Steve Gibson allowed him to take uh, Middlesbrough down for quite a while. Uh, but since he's come into the England setup, I've really grown to quite like him. Like, there's a few. I'd, I tend to agree with you. I think. I think the thing is. Gareth Southgate, to me, looks more like a head coach than he looks like a, a football club manager. Middlesbrough have always, and Gibson have always had that very traditional setup. And you've got to remember, Southgate did actually quite a decent job with the under-21s for a year or so before he got the, the, the call after Sam Allardyce did invent, you know, inevitably what he was going to do um, <laughs> uh, and cock it up. And when you read more and more about what he's been doing, like going to the NBA and talking to players about how do you create more time and room in the shooting zone and all this kind of stuff. Gareth Southgate's quite an intelligent bloke. And I always, I'd always have thought so. I'm, I'm not surprised. I think, I think going on in the future, we're going to have managers that are better at being international football managers than they are club managers. So what do you think the different skill set is though? Cause isn't it the same? You're still, is it just intensity and ability to do it over a longer period of time? I think that or is very much it. Yeah. yeah. And I think, I think the thing is about tournament football, by and large, you have the same squad of players for the entire period. You know, you take a season in any, any division, you could lose a third of the squad, half the squad, players get sold, players get bought. There's a, it's a it's a slightly different bind. Now he knows about the the bigger injuries or whatever before it's all started. Sure, you might lose one or two players throughout it, but well, yeah, he, maybe he's le- he can plan more and be less reactive. Because I did think, as I was scrolling through Instagram and saw Jack Wilshere doing a pr- paid promotion with William Hill, where he was going to go to a pub with Fat Les and Kirsty Gallagher tonight. Oh, fuck's sake. I have to say, that does actually sound like quite good fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, Fat Les but, and but, Kirsty but, Gallagher. But, but the, it, it did make someone, you think did send there me is no, there's not much doubt in my mind that the reason Jack Wilshere is not there is not because of footballing ability. Although he wasn't a shoe and he's still better than some of the players in the squad. It was down to the type of environment that Gareth Southgate... I mean, it's a bit like... Uh, 
goody two shoes sort of camp, isn't it? With all the Spurs players. I mean, you just don't need Jack Wilshire there. You know, we've seen the videos of and punching people in the night. Come on, goody two shoes like Raheem Sterling, um, Deli Alley in a brothel. Like, come on, they're not like they. The media has uh, has done this really interesting job of painting them all of a sudden as the you know the the nice boys that you can fall in love with, but. do you think that they I were... I am never going to fall in love with Eric Dyer and Harry Kane. No, no. Just going to point that out now. <laughs> but back, back onto the, the Gareth Southgate uh, thing about saying that he's, he's quite an intelligent guy. There was a piece in, um, in The Guardian that I read about uh, is it Steve Hollands, his assistant, right? Yeah. And they were looking all around Europe at like, the different formations and the different things that they could do. And then they settled on three at the back. Um, because they, they, we played three at the back in 96... 98 with Hoddle. Sorry, no, 98 with Hoddle. Uh, And then uh, I I was reading, like, just today, like, a piece from a foreign journalist on ESPN talking about England having the most innovative formation at the World Cup, and that's why no one could live with us. And you're like, whoa! Actually, the international media, it's not just the... I've seen about three or four pieces like that. They've got this amazing talismanic captain who's scored... Six goals. Well, because VAR's giving penalties every three minutes, right? And he's our penalty taker. So take nothing away. He's scored a couple of good goals, but that is one of the reasons. And all of a sudden, we've got this tactical system that no one else has ever seen. Has no one been watching football for the last 30, 40 years? Or the Premier League, for that matter? 3-3-2-2. I think that's what Leipzig play. It's quite do you a think it's, fancy... Do you think it's a 3-3-2-2? I don't think it is a 3-3-3. I don't think it was on that. I think it's a 3-5-2. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I kind of felt that. I, I think he's been... Maybe, uh, yeah. maybe, I'm, maybe I'm understanding it. And so on the, t- on the hot topic of VAR, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Ash, what are your, what are your thoughts on VAR? So look, it's here to stay. And I think um, as a first pass, it could have probably gone a bit better, but it could have been a hell of a lot worse. I think it's absolutely getting the critical decisions right. I think it's, it's a maturity thing. I've... Um, uh, you mentioned my past career. I actually then went on to work a lot on analysis and tools and things around it. I think once the players start to adopt or get used to the fact this is there uh, and the, if I carry on, then I'm, I am going to concede a penalty or get a booking or said to off. I think um, we're going to carry on seeing this kind of volume of interruptions where games now go to the 96th, 97th, 98th minute. Um, but I think that disappears within a year or two. You've got to get it into the leagues in the major leagues in Europe. And I think players will start to improve the way they play. Uh, I, I don't think it's a bad thing at all. I don't think the delays have been atrocious. I think some of the stuff today that I thought was really difficult to deal with was after we got the penalty in the first half, second half, first half? can't remember. Sec- uh, second half. Um, the Colombian surrounding the ref for about five, six minutes begging for him to look at it. He'd already had it in his ear. And by the way, he gave it on the... It was a legit penalty. And he gave it, having been stood right by it. Um, You know, that's the thing I think that's worrying is actually people are now just going to say, if you don't believe me, check. Don't believe me, check. Well, you've already seen that with some England players. And and what used to be the gesture to say book the book the guy has now turned into the gesture to check var yeah and and if you're a ref you're gonna go i saw that and i'm convinced it wasn't anything but why wouldn't, but why wouldn't i check because the, i don't want i don't want to get to the end of the game and then be, look like an idiot well this is where i think the appeals thing might be a sensible thing so you, you look at other sports where 
if you if you really want to genuinely challenge it, you get it in US sport. You get it in other. You get a limit. Sort of, you get a limit. Did um, I, I did see? Um, a, did you see Patrick Vera wrote a piece in the Sunday Times at the weekend about his views, and he was saying that the interesting thing with VAR is it's regulating players' behaviour because they know it's there. Well, I, I think that's kind of what I'm trying to get at, except I don't think it's there from the maturity bit of the players yet. They're still trying it out. They're still trying to get around it. They're still trying to game the system a bit. I think once they got used to it being there, I think it will improve the players' behaviour exponentially. And I, th- I think one of his statistics, and I'm trying to pull it up uh, really quickly here, but I can't find it. But uh, Vieira's point was that at this point in the last World Cup, there were 17 red cards and now there's only been three. Well, there were 17 yellows in that game from what I could work out. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the, the yellow yeah, the, the yellow certainly ramped up when um, uh, the players worked out the um, yellow cards could send you to second in the group stages. That was quite an interesting uh, moment in the Belgian game with everybody attacking each other. So over, overall, um, based on the World Cup, I, so w- one of the points that I thought was really interesting uh, was everybody was like, it's going to kill the game. It's going to kill the excitement of the game. I won't be able to celebrate the goals. But do you think that VAR has almost become as like dramatic as the goals? Like, do you think it's, beca- and is that a good thing? Like, or is it a, a, a negative? Uh, I think every sport that's used television to analyse bad decisions or check bad decisions has improved. And you can talk about rugby union, rugby league, cricket, tennis, snooker, for crying out loud. You American got, you got football, an, what baseball. The, what's in snooker to see if they touch the... Uh... Yeah, the, the, oh no, maybe it wasn't for foul play. Anyway, I did yeah. something on it once. Um, but, you know, US sports are exactly the same. I just think it's... I mean, the fact that it, it's 2018 and we're talking about this for the first time kind of says a lot about actually the governance of football more than anything else as well as the, also this kind of like f- like horrible hipsterism where people make out that there's some sort of joy in injustice no one wants to lose no one wants to go out of uh, like you you it, like croatia they 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 have a team that can finally challenge for the world cup final and they go out for like a dirty handball ireland not making it to the world cup because thierry henry does something awful thierry henry can do whatever he wants Oh, yeah, okay. I, I know, I know. But I, I don't... I, this this idea that there's a joy in injustice uh, or that things always work their way around, I, 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 I despise. I, I, no, 100%. I mean, you you just got to go back through some of Arsenal's critical games in the last 10 plus years. You talk about Wayne Rooney, Rune Van Nistelrooy. Oh, Michael Owen. Michael Owen. You talk about, you know, Van Persie and... Spe- it's like... Jesus, you know, we've literally been knocked out at the final stages of major opportunities by cheats. So do you think, um, do you think after the, the success, um, I would say, look, I know that in Germany, uh, like the German, I, I watched a lot of Bundesliga last year and execution of VAR for the Germans in particular was atrocious amazing that the germans got it so badly wrong um and i think the players the majority of players didn't want it they wanted it removed um do you think players and fans have embraced it or or do you still think that there's a question over whether it should be implemented i'm yet to meet someone who's who vehemently argues against it and thinks it's a bad thing yeah agree but the premier league said no so I, I would suspect that this will be the last year without... Yeah, I think, right? I, look, I think if you're the Premier League, when you're the marquee league in the world, by actually a long way now, when you look at the money, the viewership, I mean, 
double the number of players the Premier League's provided to this World Cup over the next league, which is La Liga. Well, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, I think they want to introduce it safely. I think it's still got glitches in it. And I think it's very hard to do when you, for example, the Premier League is one of the few leagues which doesn't live televise every game. So to bring in the infrastructure to Huddlesfield, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Huddersfield against the other thing about the Premier League is that the whole its unique West. proposition is that it's got the most action. Yeah. No, no one goes, yeah. it's the best technical league or it's got the best teams, two teams in the world playing in it. It's all about you never know what's going to happen. And part of you never know what's going to happen is, yeah, some of the decisions will be terrible. Some of the big teams will lose, you know, and, and that's part of the joy of it. And that's why I think they're keen to, you know, keep I, it as is. I do wonder whether there's, there's, I think the recent sort of spate of criticism of the quality of refereeing in the Premier League might be at the back of their minds as well. Because I think that's probably fair. Most managers have complained that the quality of refereeing in the Premier League has declined in the last sort of 12, 24, 36 months. And this might be their last chance to get it sorted out before they've really proven that that's the case. Who's the English ref at the World Cup? None. 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 Absolutely. It would have been Clattenburg, but yeah. he's... Uh, oh, he's gone to... He's become a Saudi, wasn't he? Saudi? Yeah. Or Qatari? Or... He was, yeah. That, that, that was a referee that was... Uh, that I felt made bad decisions because he just wanted that book. Who was the other one? Graham Pohl. Always, always made it about himself. Awful referee. Riley. Um, Riley. I don't. There's a list. Dean. Mike Dean. <laughs> Mike Dean. Oh. Mike Dean was at the World Cup. Uh, who was the... So who was our, our Kalina? Who was the, the ball guy? He looked like a prison guard. Oh, the guy who sent somebody off three times in the... Who was that in the World Cup final? Who was, was that Graham Paul? No. He was genuinely three, a good... Who, who did three yellows? <laughs> it's the ball guy, right? The, yeah. The, uh, it's like yeah. our version of Kalina. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and he, I, I don't know whether he, I don't know why he had to retire either. Um, okay, uh, just before we leave um, the World Cup stage, uh, the players, players that you would quite fancy for Arsenal, outside the ones that we're linked to, who like who's who's impressed you? Who do you think's got a future? Can we in still the say League? Mbappe? <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh, Mbappe and Griezmann. Yeah. I think. I think is Griezmann too... a bit of a pussy and just doesn't want to leave Atletico and just is sort of comfortable? I no, I know. I think I think there is an element of that. But he is just a phenomenal player. She's how much space he's had in that, you know, in the middle of the park in that French team. And he what, does boss it a bit in there. But, but, watching, but they've got pace. Watching Mbappe well. like that run uh, the other day was direct, absolutely yeah. phenomenal. I bet the touch from Giroud made it. It, it did, it did. But you know, uh, one of uh, flashback memory, <laughs> flashback memory to me, and the fa- fans will laugh at me. But Mbappe running through the middle reminded me of like Peak and Elka. Remember when he burst onto the scene and you'd never yeah. seen anything like it? That pace, oh, that that is the better comparison to the one that I heard earlier today. So it was like Michael Owen in 1998. That was just him and his... He, actually, that was the best he ever was, wasn't it? Yeah, everyone thinks... I mean, obviously, Michael Owen's international record speaks for itself, but he never scored 30 league goals in a season anywhere, ever. No. Uh, M- Including when he played at Stoke. And Arsenal uh, turned Mbappe... Well, didn't turn him down. They were in for Mbappe the year before he went to PSG and his parents wanted £7 million. And uh, we wouldn't pay for it. No, like, what we did instead, don't forget, was sent Laurent Koscielny and Olivier Jury to his room in the French, uh, where is it, Clairefontaine, yeah. to convince him with two hours left to go. 
Oh, that smacked of desperation, really. Yeah. He said that he came out and said I was very, very close to joining Arsenal. Yeah, no, I know. Like recently. And it was just like, oh, for fuck's sake, now even the players are doing it. Yeah, he's, uh, he, he's, a, he's... I think a, he would have come. I think he... Uh, I, I genuinely thought, from what I knew at the time, that this was actually going to happen. You know what I'm really interested in as we move into the future with us and Wenger firmly um, behind us? Will we engage in big fees for parents and super agents now? Because arguably... Those those super agents hold a lot of power, and there's a correlation I, between I, super agents and. I think you're probably success. right, but I do get a feeling that those super agents are starting to. I think there's enough interest now across Europe, especially, to start having a look at their roles in a lot of this. Mina uh, Raiola is like a gangster. Well, I, yeah. Well, I think the yeah, I think this you know this whole I, I, I'm not subject or privy to any of the. The, the legal wranglings going on, but the fact that these guys are now getting affected, are being accused of having effective control over football clubs like he's got at Wolves, right? Yeah. Is, is actually quite alarming. Um, I don't have an issue with, you know, individuals having the ability to buy a football club or invest in a football club, but I think when you're controlling both sides of that market, well, it's, it's, a, it's, it's always yeah, been really it's weird. It's a little well. bit, you know, sketchy. I think the worse it gets, the the more we move to a model which I don't think is the right model, which is this kind of, you know... Draft. Draft. I just think, you know, that's why the MLS is shit. Uh, yeah, yeah, and there's always there's always a way around the draft. Everybody complaining that uh, the Golden State Warriors yeah, have picked, has, up. Uh, picked up another superstar and they're going to dominate even further. There's always uh, like rules just present the way for the most intelligent to take advantage of them. Although UEFA are reopening the case on PSG today on the financial fair play on how and they've announced they are investigating why it got closed down when they didn't think it was ready to be closed down. Mm-hmm. So Which just sounds like a PR fudge to me. Does financial fair play exist anymore? No. But I thought PSG were told that they had to sell, uh, to have to sell sixty million, uh, sixty million pounds worth of players um, this window. Uh, this oh. sounds more like a way of them getting out of that. Then, yeah, this is like <laughs> a, a wasn't little there a, deal. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Michel uh, Platini's son. Uh, is a lawyer for UEFA? Is is a lawyer? Is the lawyer for PSG or something like that? But uh, another club that got fucked, uh, Milan, they had to sell a whole bunch of players, and they've uh, they've been relegated out of the Europa League. Not even Lucky in the Europa. Yeah, no, Can we bring that, financial like, flair, Is that the first cup? Yeah, <laughs> we won that. That sounds like a reward to me. Uh, yeah. Okay. Cool. Right. Well, we've covered a lot in that half. The next half. We're going to come back and we're going to talk some serious Arsenal. And we are back to talk the Arsenal after our little international break, you could say. So I just wanted to run some Socrates quotes by you. Uh, He just joined Arsenal today. Uh, A life uh, unexamined is not worth living. True knowledge exists in knowing that you know nothing. That's just banter, guys. It's just banter. Wrong Socrates. So uh, Socrates joined today. <laughs> Sorry about that. That was. Uh, Am I too late to bit. to not do this? <laughs> you can. You can. You can both leave. <laughs> I found. That, I thought it was quite funny. I was like, we've got a philosopher on our hands. Yeah. Hey. So the the quote that we enjoyed was, "I'm a normal defender who likes to defend. I like that my team doesn't concede goals, and I like the zero in the defence, of course. I will do everything to help achieve these goals. 
All in. What's yeah. not to like about that? Very unusual for an Arsenal defender. <laughs> well, then, here it is. Feel free to put it where you like. Yeah, let's uh, less talk, more action. So one of um, one of the things that I love is Arsenal's very transparent uh, messaging. Last season, when we signed Granite Jacker, it was all about leadership. This guy uh, was given the spare key over his older brother because he was a true leader. Everything was leader, 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 leader. I was sorry, it was two seasons ago, and then he came in and didn't quite work no, out. No, he's only been there one season. Oh, no, it's two. It's Go two seasons. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah, he's going to get another one. We'll talk about that in a bit. But what, what do we think the messaging uh, from Arsenal was today? What, what do we think they're trying to communicate to, to the fans? Tough, uncompromising, focus on defence, everything that we've been missing for the last decade. Yeah, I, th- look, I think that's exactly what's coming through about all of this. If, if hand on heart, 12 months ago, we were sitting here and saying, right, that's it, we're going to sort this defence out. We're going to find someone to cover Bellerin. We're going to get someone else in that's... Because Per Mertesacker, even though he's at the club, wasn't really playing. We're going to get a holding midfielder, which looks like we might. Uh, we're going to get a young centre-half. We're going to commit two or three of our best players to five-year contracts, someone would have literally thought you're on crack. There's no way Arsene Wenger can achieve that much. <laughs> Never. In, in the space of three and a half weeks, which is exactly what we've roughly done here. We've done our business. I mean, it's been, I think it's been shrewd and smart. It's what we've all been complaining about. So yeah. you've got to kind of can't sit there and, and, and kind of argue both sides. No, of the, it's, it's the absolutely corner. brilliant. Yeah. So I mean, they, they turned out to be shit. Obviously, we were always right all along, but, you know. So a, a lot of people say that Socrates isn't quite the full package, that maybe he's, uh, he's, a, he's a bit of a cheap buy. Like, what, not, do, what do you say to that? As long as he's not Igor Stepanovs or Sebastian Squilacci, I don't really care. And he's had a, he's had a pretty good career. He's played uh, like Thomas Tuchel. Uh, tactical genius who's at PSG loved to have him in defence Jurgen Klopp loved him I think he played under um, Allegri at Milan he did, back in the that, day he was in that Milan winning, uh, league winning side the last time they won the league actually so he's played under like super technical coaches um, he's uh, 29 he'll be 30 by the time the season starts but everything that you read about him it's all about um, leadership being uh, uncompromising being a, like a very tough guy um, I think I think it's a really exciting signing um, what, what do we think about um, Obama Yang calling him Papa on Instagram? Do we I, think I don't want to know? <laughs> I know that they say it's his nickname, but if you're the sort of guy that goes into a dressing room full of men and you make other men call you Papa, like that is that not the sort of dominance that we've been crying out for years? He sounds a bit like Jens Lehmann, doesn't it? Yes, yes. He's. I quite like that though. Yeah, I, the, the the dressing room has needed that, hasn't it? It like, feels like a, it feels a like a quiet, timid, friendly dressing room. It does. And this guy, when you, the quote was it? Do you were telling us about like Lick Steiner? Lick Steiner, the 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 ref who said he's the most unpleasant character he's ever had to referee. Good. Yeah. We used to be the dirtiest team in the Premier League well, when we won stuff. Martin and we Keogh then, we then jumping. went from that to the opposite end, which yeah. was we won the Fair Play League. Yeah. Like, Keogh and on? Lauren jumping all over Van Nistelrooy when he misses a pen. I mean, oh, bring back the greatest those... day in football. Yeah, bring back those days. I love that. I yeah. love that. So I saw somebody critiquing Martin Keogh for doing that because it was bad sportsmanship. Give me that five times a year. That's what we deserve. 100%. My favourite, talking about Jens Lehmann, my favourite Jens Lehmann crazy moment was, do you remember when he came back? That, <laughs> yeah. that weird spell and he ended up having to play against Blackpool and Emmanuel Abue gave away a ridiculous penalty. 
and he was I think he was subbed or he went off and uh, the game ended and uh, apparently he was in the shower he was the f- Buo was the first one in the shower and Jens got naked and said I'm going to go and talk to him <laughs> <laughs> and made everyone else wait outside <laughs> I, I was I, I was told uh, off the record that uh, when Jens Lehmann was training at Arsenal last year, uh, I think it was last year. It was coaching. It, Coach. Alexis, Alexis Sanchez was uh, demanded that Jens Lehmann not talk to him because he was giving him so much <laughs> shit. So Jens Lehmann was banned from talking to Sanchez. That's a bit of news in the last week as well, isn't it? Jens being very publicly angry about being given the chop by Arsenal. So he was. I didn't know he'd been given the chop. Yeah. He'd been given the chop and wrote a, a, uh, a post on Twitter or Instagram or somewhere useful uh, uh, saying, clearly the influence of the Invincibles is not needed at this club anymore. <laughs> I was just like, okay. Which is interesting because we hired uh, Freddie Lundberg. Um, I know Per Mertesacker isn't uh, an Invincible, but he seems very excited about being in the... Like, yeah, I think they've got no, to make no, sensible I do, decisions. I do, actually, right? I, you know, I do agree. And I think, you know, the, the, boss is, the new boss has got to be able to, the, to make his decisions. Now, I think he's got enough balance. And the idea that we've never had any influence from the Invincibles, there's been too many of those players still around doing yeah. jobs for the club. Yeah. Um, Robert Even, Perez has been desperate yeah. to get in there. Well, no, he still trains at the club. Did they, did David Seaman make it through to Invincible? It was two thousand and four his last no, season? Jens, that, Jens, that was Jens's Seaman. first season. That was, but the, Seaman didn't relegate no. to the bench. He just no, no. he just retired. Yeah. No, he didn't. He went to Man City. Uh. Uh, David Seaman is still at the club, isn't he? No, in an ambassadorial capacity. I thought he was training. Is he not training? He carries a Ferrero Rocher around. Uh, <laughs> I see. I see. I see. Um, For Jens, but we, you know, we tried to give Thierry Henry a job. And he wanted he to do Sky Sports and Slate. Uh, and now he was in Belgium. The Belgium assistant coach, isn't he? Yeah. Actually, By the way, we, I know we, we finished the, um, the football, but if you're Japanese, you really got to be upset by losing to a Nasa Chadley goal in the 94th minute. That, uh, that, Lukaku, that Lukaku dummy that everyone's talking about and overanalyzing to pieces like it's the greatest piece of footballing ever going on. Alfred would love to talk about, uh, talk about that. Yeah, he would. We won't, we won't go into that right now. So, like moving, uh, moving on to the um, the next big defensive move that's happened: Chambers, New Deal, being identified as uh, a hot young thing by Emery. He thinks that he's got a big future at the club. Your face changed there, Ash. What I, you, what I just it? think it's very hard to judge twenty-three-year-old defenders. I think he's. I, I still think there's something there, and I think at twenty-three, you don't. You know. Defenders, especially, you know, centre-halves, tend not to mature till they're 28 to 30 years old. I think if you're trying to build a core, there's no harm in giving them a contract because, you know, going out to sign someone that age now is going to cost you way more than it would do to renew his contract. Probably more in wages just the way the market is. He's not, it's not like he's appalling. He's just probably, and by the way, he's been coached by Arsene Wenger, who's let him do, you know, go around and do whatever you like for the next half an hour. Um, you know, he's more interested in you know, sort of what's the word I'm looking for? Feng Shui defense rather than actual. <laughs> <Yes. defense. laughs> Express yourself, darling. Have fun. Um, so uh, he, I, look, he played well, didn't he? When it's he came not like on, he's, it's not like he he's been given back end of the season, yeah. though, didn't he? I and it's he not came... like he's been given the starting berth in the cup final here right now, or the Champions League final. He's been given a renewed deal with a couple of extra years. Look, if this works out. And if it doesn't, we'll get a few more quid for you. I just think yeah. it's actually probably sensible business rather than a more a decision on the future of the club. So we're in an interesting scenario now where we have quite a lot of young 
promising defenders. Maybe some of them have got to go out on loan, but but t- tell me tell me what you think we're going to do. So we've got um, Mavram. Mavrapanos. 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 He seems like that him and Socrates are going to be... Uh, Mavrapanos looks like one of those young defenders who's actually going to make looks it very good, doesn't young. he? Yeah. I mean, just, just the way he looks on the ball, his positional play. Do you remember um, when uh, Wenger came and he signed Remy Gard and he signed Remy Gard to help bring through the young French players? And I, I kind of wondered with um, Socrates whether there was, you know, an give the young that. Greek guy. Yeah, I, I think there's, but I think there's an element of that going on across the board. Where exactly. that's, that's the whole strategy, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, bring so what, support we've got a lot of youth. good young players. Like we got the Reese Nelson, Willer, Maitland Niles, yep. Mavropanos. Let's bring in 29-year-olds, 30-year-olds, or 34-year-olds who can get us in the Champions which, League, teach them how to play. Which, by the way, you know, Wenger's first five, six, seven seasons at the club. That was what he did. What he did every season. I mean, you forget we had Davor Shuka. Yeah, I remember he scored that. Was it Aston Villa where he scored that lob at Highbury from a long way? He, uh, Davor Shuka, before um, uh, Obama Yang, was the fastest of seven goals. He was one. He was one of the slowest Arsenal players I've ever witnessed yeah, but he just in my life. Goals, he he did. did score some goals. But, you yeah. know, he could have got rid of David Platt when he arrived because he's got Vieira and Petit, and he's got you know Ray Parlow, who's a genius clearly in the side. But he kept he kept David Platt around because he's a thirty thirty one year old player. He's played in the Italian league, won competitions, been at World Cups. I just think it it all makes sense. You know, I think Project Youth had to happen for a reason, but I think you know there's. I think this is the right balance. I don't you think you find a football club else. I mean, if if you have you know the whole very famous Man United young team, and you know we've been pretty, you know done quite well with the young teams. But I just think in this day and age, you need some metal. Some of these guys have got to play sixty plus games in a season. You know, you get a good cup run together in both domestic cup competitions, the league and the European run. I think the last player we weirdly had that played sixty plus games in a season and got away with it was Robert Perez ten years ago. Yeah, and it didn't, didn't go very well for him after that. No, it didn't. And, and Jack Wilshire um, got close when he was... Years, yeah, yeah, when well, Jack, Jack Wilshire, in his first couple of seasons, got close to like 50, yeah. 60 games a season, and that broke him. So what do we think the future is for Holding? Because Hol- Holding was the uh, standout, I right? I think Holding's just a confidence thing. I think he... Um, I just... I, I, I don't want to reopen this whole Wenger thing at all, but... You know, it is like, you know, he'd lost the plot completely at the end where he just, <laughs> like, the guy's confidence was shot. So his idea was like, screw it, let him play again. <laughs> like, no, probably give him a bit of a break in the under-23s. Well, I mean, he started the season and everyone thought he was the new Franco Varese after his performance against Chelsea in the I FA Cup. I think he probably could be. And then he played, in the, he played against Liverpool early doors. And got absolutely torn a new one as we lost conceded five way, or whatever. Yeah, but there was a lot uh, more wrong in that game than just holding. No, right, abso- absolutely. Day. But it seemed to affect him more than it affected. Yeah. But it's bound to affect, you know, if you're a, cen- a centre-half or a keeper especially, it's yeah. going to affect you a hell of a lot more. So it's, it's a really we're in a, a, a pretty good place. We've got, um, I think, maybe one, uh, like a defender that sits between... Young and experienced is probably what we need. I mean, we're talking of that Soyunku, Soyunsu. Yeah, he's like 23. Is he 23? So it's not a a bad age. I think the bigger question of all of it is, because we've made these signings, it's feeling good. Yes, we shipped out Giroud, Walcott in January, 
but I've just got the feeling that there's going to be another... In order to fund all this, we're going to have to get rid of someone. I don't know whether it's going to be Lacazette, Ramsey... I don't... Or, I, you know, who, I don't think he's going to get rid of any... I, I think... I think Lacazette stays. I think Ramsey stays. I think we're going to go and throw the kitchen sink at him. I think you're going to start to see potentially sort of Welbeck and co. A few of those. Yeah. Well, I mean, Welbeck. But Welbeck feels like the sort of player that you need. I mean, like he's a battering ram, isn't he? Like if, if somebody could coach but him I... to finish and think in the final third... Isn't that what you're supposed to be doing when you're a striker? Well, the, the problem with Welbeck is we have been saying this for his entire career. Yeah. Like, he's, he's got everything. He's got all of the elements that you need. Like, he's, he's pretty good technically. Um, like, he's fast. Um, he's, like, he's strong. He's got an amazing work rate. But, like, that, that ability to make good decisions in the I'd, final third. I'd rather go and get, you know, the top two scorers we've had in the under-23s for the past two seasons and then give him a shot on the bench. Well, oh, you said that. He could. He could be great, couldn't he? He looks the business. He looks very exciting. He does. Okay, well, um, well, a player who doesn't look so exciting but also signed a new deal, um, Granite Jacker. So, As a, I, I'm living in the hope that we made him sign a new deal to make him even more expensive to get more money for him when we sell him in two weeks' time. Who do you think? But I don't think that's going to happen. I don't happen. think anyone's going to buy him. I think um, the thing that shocked me was actually purely by accident. I was reading a piece about Lucien Favre, who was linked with our uh, managerial vacancy earlier in the summer and is now at Dortmund. He went to Dortmund, he right? He went to Dortmund. Okay. And he was the. Uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach manager when he was the one that said he also had Granite Hacker first name on the team sheet every game. I don't get it. Is is it is it a Gilberto type thing? But I don't think that we'd miss him. I don't think that we'd miss him. I don't think it's a Gilberto like thing at all. Gilberto could tackle for a start. This is a player who we all thought was a defensive midfielder. After five games, his manager said the boy can't tackle. Wenger signed him as a box to box, so it's like Wenger didn't even watch the videos. I don't know what boxes he was looking. No, at. no. And the, the thing with Jacker is, it's um, the, the, and I keep on saying it, but I've never seen a player uh, that, of that sort of money that makes so many consistent errors, like so, like so many like almost unpressure unpressurized errors, game after game. I don't think he's particularly fast. I don't think he has the mobility to survive in the Premier League. But if Emery's Keeping him on, do we have to like? Do we have to give everybody a, a fresh chance? I, I, I think that's a fair point. He's also very young. I think the the thing that everyone thinks he's got, which is this kind of you know, this beautiful pass, Hollywood passes. Called Stephen Gerrard when he's twenty, sort of six in his peak, which Aaron Ramsey used to try and do a lot in his early sort of early career. We knocked it out of him, and he's become a phenomenally better player since he stopped trying to do that. I just don't think that's our style of play or the football that we're expecting him to play. And I think either play him in the position and that's the style of game you play or sell him and get someone. Well, if you've got someone like Obama Yang up front, someone who's got the ability to unleash long-range balls over the top could be... I don't even think the long-range balls are that great. I I think he makes bad decisions consistently. Well, he doesn't put them over the top either. He tends to spray them out to the wing. Yeah. Yeah. Not feeling it. No. So, next topic... Aaron Ramsey, uh, it, we are, what, July 3rd? 
He's reported for preseason. He's re- he's reported to preseason. Jumping uh, what, around on one leg today. Yep. There are rumours going around that he's turned down multiple offers since the spring. Arsenal not poning up. I've heard like insider stories that his agent wants Ozil money. Um, how do we think that's going to end up? Is, I keep hearing that we're very close. Do you think uh, Aaron Ramsey is worth Ozil money? <coughs> I, 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 do we think anyone's worth Ozil money at Arsenal right now? I think it's the bigger question. If Ozil's question, worth right? that much, and I think Ramsey's not far off it. I think there's a slight, he's slightly younger, so he could probably, you could have an argument on, on either side of that, whether it's worth less or more. I think if everything is to be believed that Emery wants to build the team around him, which I don't think is a terrible idea by any stretch of the imagination, I think you've just got to pay it at the end of the day. The reality is, you've got, he's got one shot to get back into the Champions League, which takes care of the money problem. So I think I'd rather not do the Wenger uh, miserly approach. We'll think about it, try and save it, and do it on the cheap. Just spend the money because it would be a it would be a really big impact, wouldn't it? It would it would be a dampener on the very exciting things that are going yeah. on. Yeah, and he think he knows that. I mean, these agents aren't stupid. There's a reason why they get. 10% or 15% or whatever. Yeah, I, and, and, I, I don't and, think Ramsey's that way wired. No, but I think, I mean, you've got to be that way wired if you're not stupid and your manager's going, listen, they'll be looking at the way things at Arsenal are going and they'll go, things are on the up, we're going to sign the contract, but let's not rush into it yeah. because you don't need to rush into it. We've got another year. They're going to want to sign you up because they don't want to... I think that's reasonable. By the way, I and think let's 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 leave it till but I let's think leave it till August the first. I do think that's going to be a bigger trend in football, where players are going to widen themselves down, even to the January. Like the, you the actual. You sound like Arsenal fan. <laughs> I actually think that was a fair point. Yeah. Because the the point is, you will go out there, other clubs, because you're not, you know, the classic Sol Campbell scenario. There's no transfer fee. Give me a load of wedge. And to then go back and throw that in the face of the club you're at, where you're kind of like, okay, we need you, so we're going to have to pay you some more. But I think you've got to take the strategy that Daniel Levy does. He gives the players that he thinks are going to be good, he gives them long-term deals on a little bit more money than he thinks they're worth. and that's absolutely fine. And that's a club that's won one trophy in the last 20 years. (laughs) Zing me there. (laughs) Absolutely zing me there. But Arsenal, now we've got Husfami in, are starting to put in the we can sign we can tie you down to an additional year so you get to 18 months they don't want to do it you put them on two and a half years and then you sell them and i think Uh, that's the smart way to work right you've seen that work really effectively at other clubs they're taking the other you know we're taking the one-year option and off we go sad that the first time we heard about that sort of deal was when johan juru had that in his deal where he could activate it and he activated himself (laughs) another year (laughs) <laughs> was that when Dick Pan was famously running around Costa Rica looking for Joel Campbell and he couldn't Campbell. find him? And Johan Jury wrote his own contract, probably. <laughs> Joel Campbell. Dick Pan. Sorry, that is the uh, Dick, world, Dick anti, Pan was the, yeah. world anti-doping chief. I'm talking about Dick Law. Yeah, Dick Law. Uh, he's gone back to Brazil now, uh, no doubt. Oh, no, is he, was, he, was he Brazilian or was he lived in Texas? I mean, somewhere in Those America. are the days. Good riddance. He's no longer here. Uh, okay, so we've just got a few more things to... to Go through. Really? We've got more stuff. Yeah. yeah. Biggest news of the week. Biggest news of the week. Torreira. No. Mesut Ozil's working on the number 10 shirt. Oh, yeah, yeah. As yeah. famously worn by William Gallas. <laughs> yes. William Gallas. He seems happy and about Robin it. And Robin Van Persie. We, we, I tell you, we will look back on the fancy years and laugh. Look, look at how much fun we're having. William Gallas, number 10, sulking on the halfway line as our fucking captain. 
Those were the days, guys. Those were the days. You haven't lived. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what did um? What did you think of uh, Torreira against Portugal? Heading the ball when he was I, on the ground. I thought he had a phenomenal game. If you looked at the stats for that game, the number of tackles, blocks, it was pretty impressive. Tenacious little bastard, yeah. doesn't he? Well, yeah. someone said, uh, sort of speaking of stats, Jordan Henderson today had 65% pass completion. Oh, my. So imagine Torreira. Jordan Henderson has a pretty good pass completion at Liverpool, though. He made more, way more passes than Meza Ozil last year. Yeah, but that year. whole team does, the way they, yeah. they set up to play. I think yeah, that's, that's probably true. a symptom of that. But anyway, look, Torreira managed to stop Cristiano Ronaldo's team progressing. I think that's a, a solid tick in the box. A defensive midfielder that actually wants to play yeah. defensive midfield. Yeah. And I will still go back to Arsenal fans are also part of the banter era because five years ago, or maybe, maybe longer, seven years ago, I remember people saying uh, through the Danielson years, when they were like, there's no such thing as a defensive midfield and uh, defensive midfielder like in modern false, football these like days. The false number nine. Yeah, they were like, it doesn't exist. The you just have three four. midfielders that will rotate around. Fucking idiots. Where are we now with the proper defensive midfielder coming in? Right? The most important thing is Torreira, we all know, can, you know, that name fits very well into a particular set of chants if you're an Arsenal fan. Yes. That's why I was hoping it was Torreira, but I think that was it just... It might be Torreira. Oh, we'll just make we'll call him Yeah, we'll just call him Thierry because it'll work. Yeah, exactly. Uh, right, okay. So, so far, just before we go, um, let's rank uh, the preseason so far out of 10. Matt? Eight. Ash? I'm going with a seven and a half. I think eight's... Oh, yeah, I can we... see why you go eight. I think there's still a little bit more of a way to go for me to... But I, th- I feel... It, I mean, it all, It's it, in the right. I, I'm giving it an eight based on Torreira having signed. Yeah, I'd, I'd go with that. I think so, but I still. Put, and then I feel like if you really want to push on, you renounce one more signing, maybe a, a more an, maybe an offensive one. I'm seven and a half because I, I think Torreira is going to come in, but I would love us to sign a replacement for Sanchez. There's talk of Pavon, uh, who's at Boca Juniors. That could be exciting. I feel like Gelson Martins, maybe Gelson Martins. I think would be interesting, especially if he's on a free. Because uh, oh yeah, because this whole scenario, yeah, attacked at the training ground. So what's happened to the other six players? Because the seven of them have bought their contracts. Let's right? bring Why a couple right? in. Yeah, I may, so would you have a contract in your a, a, a clause in your contract that says if I get my ass beaten at the training ground, can Eric die? Go back to sporting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, amazing. Okay, cool. Well, uh, I just want to say thank you uh, to you, Matt. Uh, Thanks, Ash, Amazing having you on. Um, we hope to have you back again. And uh, that's the wrap up as we head into the next round of the World Cup. So we'll speak to you next week. Um, make sure that you leave a five star review on iTunes and we'll catch you soon. Thank you. Peacock Streaming. The biggest sports and live events on the planet. From Super Bowl 56. What a game this is. To complete coverage of the Winter Olympics. Streaming every event, every day. It's all the unprecedented. United States wins gold. Unstoppable. Sensational. Unbelievable. Sports to love. Sign up now at PeacockTV.com. Sports Social Podcast Network.